Your ears do not deceive you. You have just entered the Cryptid Creator Corner brought to you by your friends at Comic Book Yeti. So without further ado, let's get on to the interview. Hello and welcome to Comic Book Yeti's uh, Cryptid Creator Corner. I am one of your hosts, Jimmy Gasparro, and I am here. I have three guests today, Whoa. so uh, <laughs> I'm going I'm to do the best I can to uh, to manage this. Um, so uh, uh, we'll, we'll see how I do, but uh, I'm very excited to talk to the three guests today about an upcoming image comic book, Kill Your Darlings. Issue number one is going to be out September 6th. Mm -hmm. uh, you'll be able to get it at your local comic book shop. Uh, mm -hmm. I have with me uh, the writers and creators and artists uh, of the book, Ethan S. Parker, Griffin Sheridan, and Bob Quinn. Um, mm -hmm. Gentlemen, Thanks. welcome to the podcast. Hey, Thank thanks you so much for, for having us. This is great. Thank you, Jimmy. Yeah, yeah no, I am um, very excited. I, I always like when folks like reach out to me. That makes uh, my job easier sometimes <laughs> to have to go and look for guests for the podcast. But I, I never yeah. mind. Um, if somebody reaches, you know, I, I do the best I can, but if somebody ever reaches out and say, Hey, do you have any space or time? I'm always mm -hmm. interested in, in checking it out. Mm -hmm. Um, but I, I was able to read issue number one. Mm -hmm. Absolutely loved it. Um, oh, thank, it, you, it thank you. Yeah. It's just fantastic. Um, Bob, the artwork in it is <laughs> phenomenal. He's, 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 he's the star of the so show. Good. Uh, yes, I am. Yeah, you're, I, I've, I've taken these sweet boys under my wing, and we're gonna <laughs> sail off into the sunset of well, wealth and fame and fortune. It's it's true. That's exactly what you said to us in our email. We said, yeah. "Enjoy the book." You <laughs> said, said you "Yes, boys, I got this." <laughs> I'll take you under my wing, and we'll sail off to fame and fortune. Is exactly yeah. what you said. Yeah. Well, it does one of the things that I that I really that I really like uh, in comic books uh, is that. It took some things that I, uh, you know, was familiar with and some things that I, um, it's like, like some imagery and kind of some story ideas that we might have seen before, but did none of what I expected. It, it, it mm -hmm. didn't go anywhere I expected it to go. So <laughs> every page turn, well, I was reading it digitally, so I'm, I'm cheating a little sure. bit when I say that, but yeah. was a bit of a surprise and yeah. um, thoroughly enjoyed it. And I cannot yeah. wait. To see where it goes into issue two. So, um, well, let's just jump right in for for listeners, uh, mm -hmm. and I guess we'll start Ethan and, and Griffin. Kind of, how did the yeah. two of you connect, and like, what was the the beginning, the genesis of Kill Your Darlings? Sure, uh, Ethan, is it me? <laughs> yeah, it's you. Yeah, he okay, was muted. Yeah, right? You could you yeah. could go. <laughs> all right. It's it's always funny when we have like all three of us on here where it's just like gotta give each other like little cues on who's giving what answer and everything. If Especially I, if Ethan. I'm gonna, and if I, I know I'm if I know I'm gonna answer, I will step right the fuck up. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. All right. <laughs> I'll push you right out of the way. All right. I get to tell the origin story this time around. Um but Ethan and I have been friends and creative partners for about a decade now. Uh, we met over the internet uh, when we were both 13, uh, and we both had a passion for talking about um, an obscure comic book character named Spider-Man. Um, oh, and so is he we knew is that he a relatively, new relatively, <laughs> yeah, he's about um, one to uh, 60 years old at this point, but 
so uh, never quite got to, the like exposure. the Bible or yeah. you know, the Odyssey <laughs> or <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. humanity. Um, so we both love talking about Spider Man. We we bonded over the internet talking about Spider Man, podcasting about Spider Man specifically, and we built a friendship off of that and stayed friends and continued podcasting for a very long time. And then one day, uh, a Mister Ryan Stegman, who folks may be familiar with. Uh, came a knock and we'd met him in the past and did a, an interview with him. And he said, Hey, do you want to make a podcast for me? I know you do podcasts. Like he just still has my contact information. So he reached out to the person he knows makes podcasts and said, do you want to do this? And Ethan and I, of course said yes. Um, and the, the bargaining chip there of course was do not pay us in money or things we can use to survive. Please pay us in. <laughs> helping us uh, <laughs> navigate the comic book industry and um, and how to uh, help us make a comic book. Um, and so that was four years ago now. Uh, and about a year into spending time with Stegman, and we got to know a bunch of other great creators like Donny Cates. Um, we now also work with Matthew Rosenberg, Brian Bendis. They've been super helpful to us as well. Uh, about, a, about a year into that endeavor, uh, Ethan and I said, "Okay, no more fucking around." Can I swear on this? <laughs> Can I swear yeah, on this? I, it's okay, too great. late. It's too late. <laughs> it's, just, oh, it's already out. <laughs> Open oh. the door. Shit. Usually, Sorry. people ask before. Griffin, <laughs> <They're really laughs> it's fine. Well, it's important, you know, the the dramatic effect of the, the Ethan and I looking into this thing. Specifically, no more fucking around. We are making a comic book. Uh, we both love comic books. Obviously, like I said, we we bonded over comic books. We met over comic books. So much of our friendship is based on comic books, and we both love the medium and we both love storytelling. And so there was no question about it that when the the sort of glimmer of hope off in the distance to make comics uh, mm -hmm. came up, we immediately said we have to do that. We have to chase that. We've been chasing it for three years now. Uh, that's the inception point of Kill Your Darlings is about three years ago. Uh, when we're trying to figure out what's our first book, what's the first thing we're going to pitch? And that starts off with like, well, what genre do we want to do? And we said, well, we both love horror. Uh, we also both love fantasy. And we said, well, wouldn't it be fun to smash the two of them together? And Ethan had this seed of an idea that just so happened to fit that mold really, really well of these creepy crayon drawings of, uh, from a little girl's perspective of, some fun fantasy things happening, but also there's something very weird and bizarre and upsetting happening in the childlike rendering. Uh, and that was, that was where we started and we have been developing it for, like I said, three years now, Bob came on board last year after an exhaustive hunt, an exhaustive hunt. That was a lot of emails from me and Ethan. And yet when Bob came into our inbox, he was so enthusiastic about the idea and we knew he was, the correct choice to draw this book immediately. Um, so he's been working with us for about a year now. Uh, issue one is three weeks away or whatever it is at this point. We're about to go into the last two issues of the series. It's crazy. <laughs> and that's how we got here. Wow. Um, and there, there is something so great about Bob's art that is both mm -hmm. friendly and terrifying that fits mm -hmm. this story so well. Um, Oh, you ain't seen nothing yet, buddy. That's the that's problem. I can't, I can't wait. I can't it's wait. Um, it's very true. One of the things I would think is being surrounded by 
you know, established creators working on podcasts mm-hmm. for them, working with them, like newsletter mm-hmm. type stuff, whatever that type of right. thing you're doing. I would think there would be even more so more pressure to kind of like run your first couple of ideas by them. Like if you have an yeah. idea and you're like, oh, I have this story idea and I'm going to mm-hmm. get a friend and an artist and we're going to work. and We're going to make a comic. But mm-hmm. you you're you're in this world and you love comics and you have all these other folks that you can who are established, you can pitch ideas off of. What, what, do you think there was more pressure to kind of, well, we, we can't go to them with this idea. We can't, we got to, was there a, more of a hunt for the perfect idea? There, I mean, no, it, I would it, say it was, I, well, there, you know, there were a couple of little false starts initially because it, there was a lot. Of, I mean, you know, we knew exactly what we wanted to do. We knew like, we just knew that we needed to, tell a story like and and we had something in us that needed to get out but it was just like what form does it take and how you know how do we make it real and so there was like a moment where we were going to be at a convention and it was like let's get an ash can together and like 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 let's just like try to like shotgun like hire an artist get this thing made knock it out have it at the convention so we can have a calling card and whatever and like that was a rocky process. And like, and like we, I, I think we might've asked for some feedback on that. And I don't even know if we necessarily heard back on it, but it was just this thing of just like very quickly. It was like, yeah, this probably isn't it. I don't think this is, I don't think this is going to be the right, uh, the right path for us. And so, and so it, there was kind of a line where it was like, okay, we're getting serious. Like this, ha- what we're doing now has to be the real thing. Like this, like we have to do a thing that can be pitched and can be impressive. And, um, and, in doing that, it was like, yeah, there really just was that initial seed of the idea. And, and there was something about it that really resonated with, with the both of us. And so we just took that and ran with it. And the, the first time that we shared it, which I believe was with Donny Gates was like, we were just like, this is what we're thinking. This means something to us. Is there anything here? What do you think? And, and thankfully, yeah, no, like he was like, oh yeah, no, this, this is a book. This is a book for sure. And um and so yeah there thankfully yeah there wasn't a lot of like us like sweaty like tearing through through the portfolio (laughs) of like what what is presentable what what could we spruce up to be worth putting in front of somebody it was just like no there was sort of a moment of inspiration for us of like this is uh this is a story that's meaningful to us and and Mm -hmm. um and so thankfully when we started putting it in front of yeah these creators that we had become friends with they were very encouraging about it um and the more that they gave us advice and the more that they helped us along it was just like okay no this is this is it and the, the it's been sort of a snowball of confidence which is really necessary because debuting at image is so nerve-wracking and it's such a big stage and so thankfully all of that has led to us being able to present this thing and go you know that we did this like this is what we're putting out into the world and we hope you all like it as much as we do yeah the the time and opinions and thoughts of the creators that we have the privilege of uh, knowing was also like a, a resource that we knew we had, but also that it was a limited resource, even though these guys are all really <laughs> kind and I know would probably sit down and talk with us about whatever for however long we we would, would like to. We knew that we didn't want to just continuously come to them and like guess and check and be like, how's this one and this one and this one like we right. didn't want to waste their time. Uh, because we we know it's precious, we know that it's busy, and also we don't want to seem like amateurs to these people that, admittedly, we admire very much. Um, and so we knew we were really lucky to have them in our back pocket, and uh, 
thankfully we were really confident like ethan's saying in kill your darlings and so when yeah, there's a degree of them, faking it till you make it of just yeah. of just backing yourself and being able to do the work to, to where that's that won't be embarrassing for you and, until it's a real thing. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. I, yeah, I, certainly. I, I certainly, you know, agree with that. It is at a certain point you have to sit down and actually do the work and, and put the work <laughs> in, which, yeah. you know, the past few years and uh, the comic itself is proof that uh, you've done that. Um, so, Bob, when you first get involved, um, yes. In in terms of like getting that script and and starting to like dig into it, what immediately excites you about being able to work on a project like this? Uh, the the thing that really got me at first was they sent a they sent along a like oh, like a two page document kind of outlining what the the story was about, and I was you know I was still working uh, on I think I was still working on Knights of X at that point, uh, or might have been Alligator Loki, I'm not sure, um, but I, I was kind of like i i've been in the market to do something original for a while and i was kind of like well am i gonna do something for myself and you know (laughs) this thing shows up right and i'm like i've never heard of these guys but if i was gonna make something for myself i would probably be doing something along these lines right i was like this feels this feels something that this, this feels like something that that i can you know that that i would be able to spend some time on and enjoy and feel as though you know, I can have some, uh, I can put part of myself into it. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, so when, uh, so that was basically all, all it really took is I, I read this thing. I was like, this resonates with me at a very fundamental level. And from there it just became, you know, uh, I've, I, we've never worked together before. I hope these guys know what they're doing. And the first script came in (laughs) and it turns out they did. And it was really, it was a really, uh, (laughs) wonderful experience. Right. Cause it's like, you know, it, you know, every script comes in. Something else awesome is in it. Some fun thing I get to draw. Some new, uh, you know, a horrible thing we're doing to our main character comes in, and I'm like, yeah, this is gonna, this yeah. is gonna be a cool thing to draw. This is really gonna ruin some people's night. I can't wait to, I can't wait to draw this stuff. Right? This is, that's that's such a true thing because it's like, dude, turning in a script to Bob the first because Bob is so accomplished and he's already got such like a such a seasoned career at this point and yeah us like being these people that he's like never heard of them but i'll put some faith in them and and turn showing up for that for the first time and doing full script and being like "Uh, here you go sorry (laughs) like like and and and, and, like is was yeah so like it pins and needles but now you know thankfully that went well and now it's like every time we're trying to impress him with scripts it's like now we turn in a new one and you know we'll talk after and be like, so what do you what do you think about this? Like, like, and now we just want to keep Bob excited. I think. Yeah, and, and and every time they're like, what do you think of this thing? I'm like, it's awesome. I, I cannot wait. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be great. Well, I I I, should, I need to. I I don't uh, want to burden Byron with starting like another podcast, but it's tough sometimes um, when you don't want to spoil things. And you know mm-hmm. somebody's promoting a book, and you're like, it's horror or fantasy, and it's about. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I think your main character Rose is is eight, um, yeah, eight years old in, yep. in the story, and um, you know, I, I, it's it's the, the different elements of it are so great. But um, so it's it, but it's tough because there's things I want to like ask about and talk about, yeah. but I don't want to spoil anything for the listeners. I will say though, I kept I kept having to like remind myself of the title, like something would happen, and I'd be like, oh, and I'd be like, 
Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> and uh, I, yeah, I, I, I had a fantastic time, um, fantastic time with it. But yeah, there are so many mm-hmm. things. Like maybe everyone like will come back at the end. Can we do like? Can we just set now? That like yeah. when the trade's out, we'll come back and yeah, we'll yeah. do a full <laughs> spoiler uh, in-depth conversation. I think we'd yeah. love to do that. Yeah. yeah. Should I mean um, should we should we throw the elevator pitch out there just in case anybody doesn't know what the book is like? You want me to you want me to yeah, pitch it real ahead. quick? Yeah. Um the non-spoilery yeah. elevator pitch. Yeah, Ethan, go. yeah. Here's here's the yeah, here's just the the tip of the iceberg. So Kill Your Darlings uh is the story of an eight-year-old girl named Rose, um, who is the most imaginative child you could ever hope to meet. She's really charming and witty, and she loves nothing more than to come home every day after school and play pretend in a, in a fantasy world that she has dreamed up for herself. And and because she's such a creative kid, she's got she goes so in depth with it, where she's got character designs and maps of, of taped together construction paper and lore. She's she's the J.R.R. Tolkien of eight year olds, uh, and. Uh, and you know that's that's her comfort that's her escape but one day she comes home and closes the bedroom door and finds that this this world that she she can see so clearly and she escapes to every day has been devastated and all of her imaginary friends have been slaughtered uh really brutally uh and so what she quickly finds out is that there's a monster at the center of her world uh and it's much more real than she ever thought any of it was. Um, and so quickly the lines between fantasy and reality start to break down for her. And it calls a lot of things into question. Uh, and she gets pulled into uh, a pretty gruesome saga uh, that began centuries before her birth. Uh, and yeah, she is quickly in over her head. Yeah. It's a horror fantasy epic as we've been describing it. Um Narnia meets Ariaster's Hereditary, I think, is the which we uh, don't love. It this meets that usually, but that That's one is true. pretty apt. It's it's pretty yeah. spot on. Yeah. I like it. Yeah, I like uh, it. I I know. I you say like we we don't really like the this meets that, but it is like a. The problem is when you're pitching something, when you're promoting yeah. something, trying to get mm-hmm. somebody in in the door. Like yeah. it is the really the, the, easiest the most way. helpful way to helpful. do it. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, when, yeah. like in reviewing comic books bad comic book yeti like sometimes we'll say it's like you know this that will do that to thing and it's just because it's the mm-hmm. easiest way to get somebody Definitely. like you of know, course in the Definitely. in the front door um but yeah I that agree. is probably a a good but disturbing <laughs> way to describe <laughs> I, I mean the the two elements in terms of the real world and Rose's, I guess it's Rosewood like Rose's fantasy mm-hmm. world um it, they 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 do blend together so well mm-hmm. um and and i think that's you know to bob's credit in terms of being able Absolutely. to do both of those with the realistic and then the um the drawings of um some of the other characters that populate the world like wallace um mm-hmm. are very uh it, it, it it's very seamless so those mm-hmm. transitions well, are nice r- real quick speaking of wallace like maybe our favorite character to write and yet nobody has seen him yet like like because he's nobody not in any of the preview him. pages and so he yeah. so people have not seen him in a preview but he keeps coming up and we're like oh he's, he's the best he's our favorite and i think a yeah. lot of people are like who, who what <laughs> who is mm-hmm. who is that yeah uh so excited for people to meet and yes bob is perfect at all of that and he doesn't even like horror uh, but no, he, yeah, can you yeah, believe it? That was a big conversation early on. They were like, "So, how do you feel? You know, how do you feel about fantasy?" I was like, "I love fantasy." How do you feel about horror? I'm like, 
And then See, so like, there, there was that sort of moment where like you're talking about like, oh, man, I hope they know how to write a script. Uh, and then on our end, it's kind of like, I hope the horror part of this horror <laughs> fantasy turns out. <laughs> and I think, yeah, both sides were pleasantly, pleasantly uh, yeah. surprised when the results Absolutely. came oh, in. Wow. When Bob's yeah. pages, um, you know, the, the scenes that people have seen in the, the preview pages, um, they include a lot of blood and guts and stuff and so when those pages started coming in uh we were like oh yep bob keeps reminding us that we're just we're just ruining his google reference photo search history oh yeah uh, yeah because like every yeah. time they'll, they'll, they'll write something horrible in these scripts i'm like well i need to know what that looks like i suppose so i can try to yeah. do it. so now i'm googling all this horrific shit and i'm just like well I've seen that. There now. it is. There you're, it on is. A, you're on a list now, Bob. <laughs> I know. You're on a couple, couple. of watch lists. Yeah, I know. Because <laughs> uh, issue one is is upsetting. We wanted to make sure that you could feel the sort of level of horror that we might get to in the series yeah. in the first issue, but it is nowhere near the most upsetting yeah, thing you, you in the book. You can buckle your belt. <laughs> 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 All right. Problem, yes. No, here, because the problem is, is that like when I first started doing it, I was like, oh, I don't really like this stuff. And then I was like, I kept having to go, I was like, well, now that I've seen that, I need to disturb myself more when I'm drawing <laughs> the next version of this horrible thing. So yes. like every time I end up having to one-up myself to the point now where like I've seen everything awful under the sun and now I've had to <laughs> render it in full color for everybody to see in this comic book. It, it's terrible. <laughs> And it looks so good. It looks really good, though. Griffin's right. It does look really good. Me and Griffin's, me and Griffin's little brains are are perfectly intact though, because we get to see it all just through the beautiful veneer of Bob's artwork. So we're fine. It's true. We don't have to see the real thing. Yeah. (laughs) Thanks for sparing us. Welcome, you guys. (laughs) (laughs) And I I do also just want to mention, in terms of the lettering, John J. Hill, uh, fantastic letterer, and oh yeah. um, yeah. You know, does a lot of interesting things with the lettering here in, in terms of both the real world and fantasy world. So we see a lot mm-hmm. of different, you know, font style lettering elements, but just wonderful, wonderful work. Some fantastic sound effect work, too. Oh, um, yeah. yeah. We, uh, you know, we've been we've had the pleasure of working with John over at KLC Press. Um, he he was with us at the uh, KLC Press is the imprint founded by Stegman and Cates um, that we have helped sort of shepherd over on uh, Substack. And uh, John was with them over on titles like uh, Crossover and uh, Vanish. And um, The Schlub is coming out this week. It'll be out tomorrow Mm -hmm. as of recording this. And so we knew um, when we were looking for an editor, uh, editor, a letterer, um, John's stuff, we were like, okay, well, we know that John knows what he's doing and we know how to work with him and uh he brings the whole thing together just so seamlessly the way that uh yeah, both through the lettering and his design just creates a sort of um vi- a vignette over the whole thing that i think really yeah brings it together as he's a, he's a big part piece. of the reason i think the book is just gonna jump off the shelf visually because he had the idea of, of such such unique title design on, on every, yeah, the cover. Like, every, every cover has a full wraparound cover uh, mm-hmm. that Bob is utilizing to great effect on, on the back cover and everything. And yeah, that whole layout was John's idea. He's he, yeah, he's done a lot to make the book. I think one of the most unique thing, unique looking things that's going to be coming out uh, in the next several months. Oh yeah. Yeah. I really like, I guess it's the, the cover a, um, mm-hmm. 
is is great and all the, those design elements especially the title design i really like the the That's killing darlings it's really yeah, great absolutely yeah absolutely all right fellow cryptids now seems like a good time for a break i'm always looking for a way to display my comics but unfortunately i am not very handy or crafty as it were luckily i have come across crafty comics and they have a way for you to display your comics, even uh, comic books that are already slabbed, if that's your kind of thing. I recently got a flex frame, which has customizable backings and interchangeable border colors. I was able to put in a frame a comic book. It's Batman Elmer Fudd, uh, number one by Tom King and Lee Weeks. It's signed by both. It's one of my uh, favorite signed comics that I got at Baltimore Comic-Con, and I was able to figure it all out. It looks great in the frame, and I can't wait to get it up on the wall. It was super easy, and I uh, have a slew of comic books now, and uh, much to my wife's chagrin, I think I'm going to create a wall of some of my favorite signed comic books, um, and Crafty Comics was super easy to use. And I like that you can have a different border color along the background to kind of go along with the theme of the cover art. And yeah, it was a, it's great. And uh, I absolutely love it. So check it out. It's Crafty Comics, C-R-A-F-T-I-C-O-M-I-C-S dot com. Use the discount code YETI5 and get 5% off your order. And now back to the Cryptid Creator Corner. Um, I, I do want to talk about it some more, but I, I did want to just kind of go back even a little bit further in terms of like sure. Ethan and, and Griffin. So, mm -hmm. yeah. uh, you know, other than meeting and talking about Spider-Man, was it? Uh, that is the correct pronunciation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the, some people don't know there's, there's a hyphen right between <laughs> spider and man. Uh, so <laughs> yeah. It's not um, Spider-Man. And he's been around a while. Yeah. Um, yeah. But couple, no, couple in all years, seriousness, yeah. um, but Get, you know, the two of you bonding and becoming friends over that, like kind of how yeah. did that then transition into all the different things you've done in comics and podcasts mm -hmm. and, you know, newsletters and working with other creators and all the different things to to this point? How did that yeah. how did that journey, you know, take you from there to here? I think it's kind of funny because I don't I, it never feels like we ever really had a conversation about like. <laughs> are we doing this thing together like like it ha has been such a, a smooth natural progression over the the 10 ish years where it's like because like a lot of people don't realize like we you know we've been best friends for all that time and we've worked on so much together all that time but it's like we've met in person like five times six times uh over the course of that entire thing like we but we talk to each other more than like anyone else in our lives. We're on the phone every day on Skype every day. And, and mm -hmm. it's, and it, it's, it was a really natural growth from like, we make a podcast together as literal children. And then, and, and we love doing it. It's, it's like such a like passionate hobby of ours that even when that ends, it's like over the next couple of years, as we've got other life stuff going on in high school and everything, we're always still just calling each other to talk about stuff, to talk about like TV stuff and comic stuff. And we're always just like, we got to do more podcasts. We got to do more podcasts. Just like as this excuse to just keep doing stuff together, I think. 
And uh, because because we just love talking, we could all we could talk for a, a million years. And mm-hmm. um, and so it was just like always let's make something together. And we and we started making these podcasts that kind of got more intense creatively, where it was like we started doing like radio play shit, or it was like narrative yeah. stuff with sound effects and music, and we're scripting them. Like we started scripting our podcasts, which is insane. And they started becoming these like crazy workloads of just like they never come out because we always put so much effort into them and and so that was already like well we just have to be making things together and so we keep doing it and so when the comic stuff started happening where it was like oh podcast with creators it's like well we do that together because we do it all together and then when we realized that it might be possible to transition into making comics we were it it was there was no question it was just like of course uh there, there it's always been ethan and griffin and so like the the fact that uh the fact that we're we're actually doing it now is crazy but the fact that it's together and that we're having such a blast doing it just makes perfect sense because i think we're still the kids that <laughs> recorded podcasts about spider-man together <laughs> yeah yeah and the way that that all transitioned into uh working with ryan um and ingratiating ourselves with him enough that when him and Donnie got the Substack deal that he turned to us and said, okay, you're finally going to get paid. <laughs> and, uh, and he was like, don't quit your day jobs for this. Please don't. Uh, we're not going to be able to pay you that much. Do not quit your day jobs. And Ethan and I were like, quit our day jobs. You say quit our day jobs. <laughs> so that is exactly what we did. There's actually, there's a motto that we have on um, a, a motto that Stegman coined on his podcast as uh, our outro, our slogan. And really it's been something that Ethan and I have lived by. And that is quit your jobs, chase your dreams. Easier said than done, of course. And you have to have just Ryan the right face segment with his catchphrase <laughs> yeah. being quit your jobs, chase your dream. But then to us, he goes, don't quit your job. Don't do that. <laughs> don't, don't do that. <laughs> that said, though, uh, you know, we were both working in the world of retail frontline workers during the height of the pandemic, so oh, 2020, right. 2021. Um, and that was really brutal. It was also when we were having the inception, like really breaking ground on Kill Your Darlings, which is probably why there's such a deep, nasty darkness at the very center of it. <laughs> it's probably from the frontline work uh, during the pandemic. As but, an asterisk to that, though, don't. It's not a miserable COVID book. No, That's not what it does. No, 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 no. It does not have that. No, not at all. No, there but it, it a, is just like the, there, there were some scary times, and a scary book came out of. Not miserable, I promise. <laughs> it's not yeah. a miserable read. It's not. There are points that are like ups- apparently sure. absurd, sure. but the whole thing is not. Yeah, uh, well, one of the things that I, I, I not not to derail us too badly, but like <laughs> it's it's a funny book. Like there are some great totally. jokes in there, which like, I don't know. <laughs> It's, yeah, I don't know. It, just, it just does everything. I don't know. This book does everything. I mean, we do try to we do try to bounce back and forth between the most extreme tones. That's been like yeah. that's been the main guiding principle <laughs> of the book is like is mashing like the scariest things we can think of, the stuff that really freaks us out, with the silliest, wackiest shit that we can think of. So it is very much those two sides of us where it's like here's everything we're pissed about and everything we're freaked out by. And then like, here is literally the, the goofiest, funniest thing we thought of while we were on a Skype call together. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, uh, I can't wait for people to get to, uh, you know, later points in the book. There are those things in issue one, but issue three 
has a scene yeah. that is extremely gross, extremely upsetting, and then about two pages later, we have a really hilarious gag. A thing that I've literally, <laughs> a thing that I've literally cried laughing about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. it's gotten a chuckle out of me every yeah. single time. I like even when I was writing the script, it was just like this is kind of fucking hilarious. And then when the pages came in, I was like, oh look at that joke! It turned out hilarious. Uh, <laughs> but it's literally like two pages after just. Something extremely upsetting. Peanut butter uh, and jelly. Peanut yeah. butter and jelly. I mean, there there is a split right down the middle. We, we're talking about you know horror and fantasy and what's real and what's not real. There's a dichotomy across the entire book, and really, that's been the exercise I think for all of us involved is finding a way to bounce between those two things um, and and have it feel like a cohesive experience and not like just tonal whiplash all the time uh and so that was part of the reason why ethan and i wanted to mash the two genres together we we have such reverence for uh things like evil dead um sam raimi is a huge inspiration for us and his genre balance in his films is so iconic and uh inspiring to us and so that was something that we wanted to he experiment made Spider-Man with. Movies as well. I don't know if you. <laughs> no, yeah, he did. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. little known fact. Um, and then Bob mas- just masterfully does it, and really he like smooths over all and any potential, you know, sort of jumps between genres and tones with things like Bob's colors are are just bouncing back and forth in ways that are extremely satisfying and. When you turn the page into, if we're going to switch tones, switch worlds, switch gears entirely, Bob is sort of conveying that in a way. Like as soon as when you turn the page, you know what sort of scene you might be in. And that really, I think, helps and sells the whole thing for sure. Yeah, I'm just, I, I, I'm just telling you how to feel. You don't even need to read it. It's true. I, I mean, you should. You definitely should. I hope you know, so. You might miss a couple of important things. <laughs> no, I, I was talking about Bob's artwork, but yeah, the color work is is uh, excellent as well. Um, Thank you. Because I just love when things are bright. It's bright. And even when it's dark, there's still a brightness to it. It mm. makes sense tonally. Mm. Um, it always hits the right mood. You know, I can't, there's, there's never a point where I can't, where it's like, this is a dark moment. So the colors are dark. Like sometimes that that happens, you know, infrequently in books. But Bob's, yeah, your colors are phenomenal. Oh yeah, I, I mean, I, Bob I never it. gets to color his own stuff, but I here he been, is. Yeah, I haven't been able to color my own work in in many many years. Not since I did uh, uh, Lone Ranger over at Dynamite, um, and what that was like a big draw actually for this because you know we were talking about hey, you want to read this book? You want to read this book? And I was like. And I said, like, sort of like timidly approached. I was like, "Would you guys mind if I colored it as well?" And I'm like, yeah, good. Now we don't have to send out another thousand emails to color it. So. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. I mean, yeah, it was like it was a really relief initially of just like saving us work and and probably money, and then and then the, and then seeing it, it was like, oh my god, because it's like, yeah. yeah, Bob's an amazing penciler, but when he can control it, control the whole process, like it's, he's just elevating his shit, like. Definitely. insanely yeah his color his, work is unparalleled his, one of the very first pieces that bob sent to us was pretty much like a, a test for colors basically and it's uh it's just a a drawing of our eight-year-old rose in the rain and uh it's not even <laughs> like like really a moment from the issue it's it's sort of a pulling a something or other out of one of the beats from it but it's such a simple piece. There's no like overt 
horror stuff going on. It's not in the fantasy world. And yet when we saw it, we were like, oh, yep. Yeah, he gets it. He's going to nail it. The the way that you're talking about, Jimmy, the the neutral tones and the bright tones all play together. And then Bob's sense of lighting was so cinematic that we were like, yeah, this is going to be a pretty good book. We gotta, we gotta put those <laughs> early pieces in the back of a trade. Those are so beautiful. Oh yeah, yeah. stay oh, thank tuned. You. Yeah, that's a good idea. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, is it Bob? I, you know, having been in the industry for you know a little bit, like, is mm-hmm. it still um, exciting for you? I mean, I know you said you you've been wanting to do something either creator owned or or something you know with a little more, let's say, freedom to it mm-hmm. and and being able to color your own work, but um, it. Is it still exciting for you when you're like meeting up with like younger creators or newer creators and like getting involved in a, a project like this? Um, is uh, it? S- go ahead. I mean, look, uh, it's 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 the best job I've ever had. It's the hardest job I've ever had, but it's it's the best job I've ever had because the the thing that is great about it because it's like okay, so I've I spent like a decade farting around in Hollywood and like trying to get stuff made. And it's, it's a, it's a complete mess, right? Like the great thing about comics is it's a perfect storytelling medium. And there's so few cooks in these kitchens. It's you sit down and draw, you guys sit down and write, we come together, we make this thing, you know, there, there'll be a, sometimes there's an additional color. Sometimes an editor said, but, but like, it's a core team of like five, six people just putting everything they have into a book and putting it on the shelves. And there's nothing better. And and, and, it's, and once you're done with it, like a couple months later, there's the physical thing that you made. Like it's it's the most gratifying, wonderful thing that I've ever done in my life. Because, like you know, at the end of the day, I can hold a piece of paper in my hand of the thing that I drew. I put it in the in the shelf of a thousand other pages I did back there. But yeah, but <laughs> but it's it's just the best. Like there's such a direct connection between you, your work. And then the people who are ostensibly, hopefully, enjoying it. Uh, and I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade it for anything. And you know, working with these guys has been a dream because it's like it's another one of those situations where it's like you're you find you manage to find people who see the world similarly to you, you know. And you're all at some level trying to find and express something within yourselves. And when you're all kind of skirting around the same thing and trying to basically say the same thing together. I don't know. It's just great. It's it's the best. And and these guys are great at it. And it's like I said, uh-huh. it's been a pleasure. It's been a pleasure since day one. So love that. Agreed. Yeah. And, and you know what, throughout the course of the past year, there has been sort of points where we have stopped and all looked at each other and be like, I think we all got some of the same shit going on. That has been very, I think crucial to the fact that this book uh, feels the way it does is I think, yeah we're all on the same page uh, mm-hmm. in many ways. Uh, we're all riding the same wavelength and uh, that's been really, really great to not have to like really like explain like where we're coming from with certain things um, with Bob. It's been that's a very so true. Yeah, we hand the script over and he's like, yeah, I get it. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We're all just eight-year-old girls with overactive imagination. <laughs> <laughs> on the inside, yeah, that's on the inside. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I'd argue, but I can't. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, Bob, I, I I'd asked Ethan and Griffin, but in in you know, in terms of how did you get your your start in comics? How did you make your way into this comics world that is now? I mean, been doing it for a little while. 
Sure. Uh, I spent over a decade making video games. And uh, like I said, uh, my uh, one of my best friend and I for years and years and years were trying to get like something made in Hollywood. Right. So like we actually ended up in this weird situation where somebody was like, hey, we want to do like a big potentially multimedia transmedia thing. And uh, we my my friend and I pitched them this idea that we had and they were like, that's awesome. Let's do it. And, the, uh, and we were like, here's how much it'll cost. And they were like, let's just do the comic book version of it and see what happens. <laughs> and so we looked at the budget and uh, I was like, at this page rate, I don't think we're going to get anybody that I'm going to be comfortable with. Right. Because like I grew up, I read comics, you know, I'm big. I, I drew in my spare time, really, really enjoyed it. Uh, and I was like, I don't know if we're going to be able to get somebody that I'm going to be happy with to actually draw this thing. And so I was, you know, I, like I said, I spent a decade doing this thing and, and I went from like big company to small company to privately held company to publicly held company and every place had the same problem. I hated working at all of them. And so I said to, I said to my wife, I was like, would you hate me forever if I quit my job, took a year, drew this book? There's no guarantee of anything at the end of it, but do you mind if I bet big on myself and try to do this thing? And she's like, you're miserable all the time and you hate your job. Yeah, do it. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. Chase your dreams. (laughs) Yeah. My wife, Brian Stegman, same person. We don't know. I I get Brian Stegman on the lips and hold him close if we dance, though. (laughs) Let that be known. Uh, (laughs) I don't know. So anyway, I I, I spent the year, I made this book, and at the end of it, I had, had a book I was very, very proud of. Nobody read it, and nothing really happened with it. And I'm sitting there going, uh oh. I don't know if I'm going to be able to make money anymore. Um, so I was like, maybe am I going to end up in this situation where I'm going to have to go back to the game industry? Still had some friends there. Maybe I could get a job. Uh, but I had along the way made friends with Ben Acker and Ben Blacker of the Thrilling Adventure Hour. And we were maybe going to do a Thrilling Adventure Hour comic over at one of the you know many multiple storylines from that podcast as a book over at Image. That didn't end up working out, but Ben Acker was like, hey, I'm doing this thing with Flash Gordon over at Dynamite. Do you want to draw it? And I was still in the middle of doing this graphic novel, so I was like, well, can I start in February? And he's like, nope, we're already behind. And I was like, oh, all right. There goes my (laughs) shot, right? Um, But then eventually I I get this email, and he's like, well, hey, we're going to do this one-page flashback at the the beginning of every issue. Do you want to draw that just to sort of separate it tonally or whatever? And I was like, yeah, sure. Sounds great. Let's do it. Um, So I did one. And that was great. And then uh, the next issue came in and I did that. And then something happened. Not sure what, but uh, the they contacted me and they're like, hey, we're going to do a full flashback issue to give the other artists a little bit more time to finish up the series. I was like, sounds great. So I did that issue. And then they were like, uh, hey, he had to back out. Do you want to do you want to finish the series? I said, OK. And then I did the next issue. And then the final issue came in. I drew the full issue in a week. And because of how late things had ended up being. And as a result of that, the editor was like, hey, this guy's not a joker. He can if something crazy happens, I got somebody I can rely on. And then that led to a bunch of different books over at Dynamite, including Green Hornet Meets the Spirit, James Bond Origin, uh, Lone Ranger and Red Sonia. Uh, A bunch of those with Mark Russell, Jeff Parker, uh, Fred Van Lente, all kinds of people Uh, somewhere along the way. I drew a piece of fan art on and, and it got seen on Twitter by the right people. And then Marvel ended up in my inbox going, do our editors know you? And I said, nope. And they said, 
here's who you email. Good luck. <laughs> and I emailed them. And then somewhere along that way, I got to work on Miss Marvel, Captain America, X-Men champions you name it i've i've been all over it so that that's how you do it kids it's all stupid luck (laughs) (laughs) yeah just just follow that just follow that blueprint yeah yeah it's it's real easy Mm -hmm. yeah all right all right i'm I'm taking notes for the listeners (laughs) make sure you get that decade of work in video games that's the very yeah that's that's the most important part of it yeah yeah quit your job follow your dream it's true yeah, kind of. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but, but I think even Stegman talks about that. Like, he never had, like, he he at one point said, I didn't have a backup plan. I just knew I was going to do it. Mm-hmm. Right? That's like so the you, thing I hear a lot is, like, yeah. if you're going to, if you're trying, really honestly trying to do something creative, you got to be willing to starve doing it, which sounds so crazy. Mm-hmm. Like, but it's like, if, it's like, if you yeah. want it to be your main thing, then you got to be like, well, I would keep doing it if I was living under a bridge. Like, like, you, but, yeah, you know, yeah. Yeah, this this no, this is uh, especially if you're an artist. This is a job you absolutely have to love. If you do not love yeah. it, it will it will grind you into paste. Yeah. But uh, I, I mean, look at me. I, I this is not the face of a guy who <laughs> super <laughs> healthy, I guess. <laughs> beautiful man. For the Bob. listeners, oh, Bob looks great. Looks great. <laughs> he looks great. I, he is. You look great, it, Bob. It, it's very hot in my office. I feel like I'm glistening. So. <laughs> he looks like he looks like if me and Griffin combine into a beautiful Voltron. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> How tall are you, Bob? Uh, I'm six two. Oh, All right. All right. Damn it. All right. Well, the Voltron body, the legs are Ethan. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, how tall is Ethan? I'm six three. Oh yeah! <laughs> I gotta end this. I'm not allowed to have anyone yes. on my. I have a rule. I don't have anyone on my Wait, podcast above six two. I'm only uh, like uh, five seven. Right, I'll, I'll let's go, to short kings. Tall short kings, Jimmy. Short kings. Let's fucking go. Hang on one one second now. Ethan is six three, and he's got like a six inch pompadour. This is inappropriate. Yeah, this adds, this adds, this adds another foot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Reminds me of that is a the great bit in. Chevy Chase's Fletch, where he's the fantasy that he's the uh, playing for the LA Lakers, and like, all right, and I can't remember what player he is, and he says his name, and he's like, all right, and he's a six two, six five with the afro. And- <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's good. I love a good Fletch reference. Um, yeah, of course. With with everything going on, and like the push for the book, and to get it done, and get it out, and like promote yeah. it before the final issue cut off and promoted before the issue itself comes out. Um, yeah. Has it been all this? Ha- have, have you still been managing to <laughs> do everything else that you have to do? And uh, do you still get time to like read comics now that you're <laughs> making them? Yeah. Oh, I mean, it oh, is, Jimmy. this has been all consuming. <laughs> like, like we, it, I mean, cause this is the hardest, at least speaking for myself, this is the hardest I've ever worked on anything in my entire mm-hmm. life. And like, and the most mm-hmm. time I've spent on any one thing in my entire life, it is like a true labor of love emphasis on the labor. And so like it, it, it has been all consuming, especially leading up to our final order cutoff where it's like, yeah, it's just we're trying to get our faces and, and words in front of as many people as possible at all times. But we're also still writing the book or still writing the later issues. And we're also still doing multiple other jobs. And um, and so it had like I, I, I have had very little time for anything else, uh, but I try to fit in as much as much comics as I can. I find that if I don't, if I'm not 
intaking the medium the 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 fire can die down a little bit of how much i love it but it's like as soon as i start consuming a bit it's like oh yeah this is my favorite thing in the world so certainly yeah trying to make as much space for it as possible i haven't been able to read comics in like a, <laughs> a, a month uh, <laughs> and and like in bulk like consistently years uh literally yeah, since yeah, i think yeah. we we started this because obviously the the book does not pay any bills right now. Um, and so right. between, uh, you know, previously before we were actually like working on the book and now working like Ethan and I have been doing and, and I'm sure Bob as well, because he's so fast, uh, have been doing like 60 hour work weeks pretty much since we started trying to make the book happen mm -hmm. uh, because we got to do everything to that we have to do to survive and then also make the book. And then since it got announced and yeah, leading up to order cutoff and release day, marketing the book has been like a whole nother job. Um, and yeah, it's been pretty consuming. We had uh, we had to turn a script over to Bob here uh, and, and <laughs> the the time frame that it fell on for us to sort of work on this one fell just right during all this marketing for issue one. And Ethan and I had our backs up against the wall and we're like, okay, Jesus, we have, <laughs> we just kept, you know, we just kept pushing it off because we were like, well, we're focused on this and we didn't have the the spark, the energy to work on a new script. And uh, by the time we got past final order cutoff, we had about a week and a half and we made it happen. We sent it to Bob yeah, yeah, yeah. Sunday night. He gave us page one of issue seven mm -hmm. on Monday. Uh, so working, been, working some magic. Been crazy. Yeah. It'll be, it'll really be like, I'll be like, grind, grind, grind all day. And then at like 3 a.m., I'll crawl into bed with my eyes burning. And I'm like, I could fit in that new saga though. And then I, and then I, and then I try and then I fall asleep. And then I, and then I get it done over the course of like three nights. I finish that issue of saga. Like, wow. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah trying it's to tough. fit in the, yeah, it is. Yeah. I, I can't, I can't imagine. That's one of the reasons I love doing the the podcast and talking to folks mm. and like even if i can do one thing to bring one person to check out somebody's book it's because yeah. mm -hmm. it's it's so hard i mean i i yeah. so i give so much credit to anybody who's you know working their day job doing what it is they're doing and and still trying to put together you know put together a comic book because i mean <laughs> my kids went to bed at, i think last night at like 9 30 10 and i'm like oh i'm gonna I'm going to write something. And I think mm -hmm. by 1037, I was asleep. And <laughs> uh -huh. uh -huh. trust oh, yeah. me, there are so many days like that where I want to write. Um, and then when I finally get around to it, yeah, it's midnight. And most of the time, that's like where my circadian rhythm is at. And I'm a big night owl and I can do that. But then there are other nights where I'm like, nope, I think it is not happening tonight i am going to yeah and there'll week. be there'll even be times when you you might have an hour or something and you sit down and you're looking at the document and you're like not happening my yeah. brain doesn't it does i don't have it <laughs> it's yeah, not no. coming out of me yeah i mean i don't know about any of you i i found um at least in terms of trying to to, to write like you, the one the number one thing is you can't be precious about it like if you have even yes. 20 minutes and you, mm -hmm. you're like all right I, I can't have all my special coffee mug and my this and my that it's like I have 20 <laughs> minutes right now i gotta do something i gotta do something to get something down to at least keep it keep it going yeah yeah i think for for me that sort of just depends on where we're at in the script um a first draft is definitely definitely like that and then if i'm trying to be more polished about it 
that's where the ritual does come in. You're oh, talking yeah. about the okay. special coffee mug and everything. I got the fucking the Philips Hue lights and everything and the record player. And so when it's time to like hone the script and compress the lump of coal that is the first draft into the diamond that is the ninth draft. Um, that's where like I got to get the lights right, and I got it has to be it has to be working eleven fourteen p.m. on the dot. <laughs> I, I gotta have some so spooky shit playing uh, over the. Yeah, we've talked about this. Griffin listens to music and stuff. I can't do that. I need oh. complete silence. I need to be in a vacuum. It, like mm-hmm. like I am a bit. I am a bit precious and ritualistic about about my but process. It, it makes sense, though. You know, I, I I'll often say like you're fucking crazy for that, but also <laughs> right. But also, it makes sense based on how we split the scripts. When right. I'm reading over dialogue and and considering the dialogue, I don't, I can't have music playing, and so it makes right. sense. Yeah, Grant Stoy. I don't know if you're familiar with Grant. Grant is a writer of a comic book series called Side Quest, which is a mm. Another great mm. indie series that Scout is is putting out, but Grant had a com uh, a podcast uh, on comic book Yeti called Into the Comics Cave, and one of the questions he would always ask is, "Do you work in um do you when do does music play when you work or do you sit there in silence?" I think he would say like a stone cold sociopath, um, but <laughs> I I can't have anything playing. Like yeah. when I want to write, I, I want like something maybe can be on in the background if like the kids are somewhere and I'm in like a separate room, but yeah, I'm the same way, Ethan. So don't, don't let them bully you. (laughs) Silence. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm a Just me and my thoughts. (laughs) (laughs) Both things can be true. (laughs) Uh, Well, uh, gentlemen, I, I, I could go, you know, on and on, but, um, Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't want to keep you all night. Um, and, uh, this has been an absolute pleasure. Uh, I just want to thank you, Stidham. all three of you, uh, for coming on the podcast. Oh, yeah. so much we, for having us. We, we can't thank you enough, man. Yeah, it's been a blast. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, if you're fans of horror, fantasy stories in in any way whatsoever, um, and especially the melding of the fantasy and like the real world elements, um, mm-hmm. it is phenomenal storytelling. I cannot wait to find out what happens in issue two and the Bob's artwork and coloring and John J. Hill's lettering. I mean, it is such a complete um, package in terms of the, the collaborative efforts. Um, even if you, even if for some reason you, you, you're listening to this and you're like, I don't know, I'm not real fantasy horror type. Um, the artwork, alone is one of the is enough to should bring you to this book and i'm telling you by mm-hmm. the end of the first issue you are just gonna want to have to see what happens in issue two mm-hmm. um i are you a fan of pretty pictures that'll get you in. <laughs> look, look he's doing yeah, yeah, yeah. the the best work of his career every yes. single page he turns in top can confirm can <laughs> confirm I've, I've never I've, I've worked on a lot of books i've never been more proud of anything i've worked on in my life I, I've, I'm putting literally everything I have into it, and it's it's just great. And I'm so pleased that these that these sweet boys are giving me such incredible <laughs> things to draw. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> um, so yeah, I think uh, September sixth, it's going to be at your local comic book shop from Image yep. Comics. Kill your darlings, number one. Um, go in there and get it, and then come back. You can find me on Twitter X or whatever the hell they're calling it now, <laughs> or. Blue sky or where wherever 
social of media is that I have to go on to try and get folks to listen to this podcast. Folks like <laughs> you that I really love and appreciate. Um, but yeah, thank you, Ethan, Griffin, and Bob. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. This has been a real Thanks, pleasure. Jimmy. Appreciate Thanks you for having us, Jimmy. Can't wait to do it again. Spoiler talk. It's coming. Yeah. Spoiler yeah. Talk. Yeah. Let's Absolutely. do that. Let's start planning that for when after the trade comes out and we'll really break down everything. Please. I would Hell love yeah. that. Um, Anytime, man. But yeah, for Comic Book Yeti's Cryptic Creator Corner, I'm Jimmy Gasparro. Shout out to my brother, Bobby. Uh, the Cryptic Creator Corner's number one most dedicated listener. He listens to all my episodes and uh, tells me what I do wrong. <laughs> Thanks, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> all right. And uh, thank you for listening and, uh, you know, do all those things they tell you to do, like rate and review. And uh, let us know if you like it, because we mm -hmm. put a lot of work into this, especially Byron, who has to listen to my voice, which I don't know how he manages that so much. Um, all right. Well, thank you. And I'll see you next time. Good night, everybody. Thanks, Bye. guys. This is Byron O'Neill, one of your hosts of the Cryptid Creator Corner, brought to you by Comic Book Yeti. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of our podcast. Please rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff. It lets us know how we're doing, and more importantly, how we can improve. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode of the Cryptid Creator Corner, maybe you would enjoy our sister podcast, Into the Comics Cave. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.